0: Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, a.k.a. Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life complete with financial freedom laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Now, here is Crystal Richardson.
1: Good morning. This is Crystal Richardson with Soaring with Eagles. We're really excited about the show today. We are hoping to give you some really great insight, behind the scenes look uh, at what employers are actually looking for uh, when you're in that interview. And some of these are hiring stats that you may know, or there may be some things that you don't know. We may also have some callers uh, that are people that, that actually hire people that will be able to give us some really great insights. So... As you know, on Soaring with Eagles, there's always uh, various topics that we look at, and what we do is make sure that we also do our research. So there's research that we do to make sure that we're giving you the most up-to-date information related to whatever the topic is. So today we're talking about hiring stats, and we're talking about the -the behind-the-scenes look uh, at HR, which is human resources. And sometimes you may have gone on an interview and, and you didn't get the job. And, and you're wondering why. Well, it's it's something that has happened to me as a person who's uh, been interviewing people for my whole career. Uh, for almost 40 years, I've been in the workforce and uh, where a person may come and do the interview and then they say, well, how did I do? Well, first of all, you, you don't, in my opinion, ask someone, how did you do like during the interview so you want to be careful of, of things like that. And there's a number of things that we'll be talking about as far as do's and don'ts. Uh, one of the things that, that we, we do is we look at information across various platforms. So... Of course, I looked at some information from Fortune, from Entrepreneur, uh, from there's a a Workopolis site. There's a number of HR sites that are out there. And then there's a number of HR people that that I've talked to that gave input for this show. And just um, the fact that um, I had an internship when I was in high school And what I did was I worked for General Motors as as an intern. And then after that, I went into college and I continued to work at General Motors while I was in college. And so because I already had a foot in the door, I didn't necessarily have to interview the same as other people had to interview other students uh, because I already had that foot in the door. So one thing that you want to do is make sure that you make a good impression on that job, make a good impression on that job, that very first job. After that, uh, when I graduated, I went and interviewed for a position as a uh, as an engineer at a medical device company. and. Two weeks after I interviewed, the quality manager at that medical company resigned. And so they asked me if I was interested in the manager position. And part of that was because of some of the things that I did during my internship, I did already have, while I was in college, experience supervising and managing people. So based on that, they asked me if I wanted that next step up and I wasn't even, uh, I didn't even interview for that job. One of the things that that is very important is that you put your best foot forward. You get that information out there. You explain to them the various things that you've done, but don't inflate it. I've had that happen to me as well, where people have interviewed with me. They inflated what was on their resume, and it it really caused them issues later on. One person I even had to let go because she just did not have the skill set that she mentioned that she had in the resume. Even during the interview, she knew buzzwords, but uh, when it was time to actually execute, she wasn't able to execute. Uh, Another thing was that my interview life cycle is not like, Probably most other people, maybe it is the same as some people, but I had favor in my interviews and in my jobs because some of the interviews I had, I know for a fact that I was the only one that got interviewed for that job. There was another job where they asked me to interview for another section of the company and I got that job. So it's not a lot of times where people tell you to go and interview and that you're the only one that's for that job. Some of the statistics that we have show that there's between 50 to 250 or sometimes even more resumes that come in for specific jobs. So you want to make sure that yours stands out and not for the wrong reasons. Okay, so we do have a few people that are on the line that have done some hiring, and we want to bring them on the show right now. Who do we have on the line? Linda Johnson's here. Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm good, Crystal. How are you? I'm doing great. So you may need to just speak up a little bit louder, okay? Okay, that's fine. Okay, and do we have anyone else?
2: Yeah, hi. This is Anissa Zabriskie.
1: Hi, Anissa. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Crystal. That's great, great. Thank you so much for calling in. So right now what we're just talking about are different things that happen in the actual interview, and I mentioned that you need to put your best foot forward but you need to make sure that you don't inflate yourself and have either of you experienced that where people inflate what they actually know during the interview Linda you can you can give a response first
3: yes Uh, yeah I I have had uh, experience that um, um, and my role as an HR manager, a lot of time, what I, I I find myself um, as part of the the interview panel right. um, with the actual hiring managers, and I'm there as an HR res- representative as part of that team. And um, there there has been occasions where, you know, it, you know, just even from the onset, um, as the candidates um, share their information, sometimes you you kind of get a sense that. Um, you know, it, it can be just a little too much, right? And maybe being a little o- o- overzealous. And I understand in some a lot of cases they're nervous. Right. Um, they they, they want to get everything out. <laughs> they know they have just a short period of time in which to do it, and so mm-hmm. they, they want to get everything out. Um, but sometimes it comes off just as being a little bit unprepared, um, and maybe sometime not necessarily. I've seen where candidates, you, you'll ask a question, and because they want to get everything out, they don't always specifically answer, give a response to the question that was given. Right. Um, and so a lot of times you kinda kinda go as as the as the person that's doing the interviewing has has to go back um, and kinda restate the question right. to get the answer that they're looking for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's a great point. And one of the things that you touched on, I have a few signs that I'll be holding up on Facebook Live as we go. And so one of the things you mentioned is that they answer the question and they seem rushed or even sometimes they they seem desperate. And so one of the, the signs I have here, and I'm not sure if it's backwards on Facebook Live or not, but it says act desperate. So do not act desperate during your interview and where you're just really trying to answer the question so fast and and just really get all the information out there, which you should do, but it needs to be in a confident manner and not in a desperate manner. And, uh, Anissa, what do you have as far as some comments related to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the comments that I would uh, make um, when you're looking for people and, and it appears that someone has oversold their skill sets or, mm-hmm. or you're trying to find out, does this person really know the skills that we need to get to for this particular role is um, we do need to ask more probing questions you know right. so and I'll get I'll give an a quick example here um, you know during an interview sometimes a leader will ask do you know excel is excel microsoft word office suite and those type of programs are required for the job Candidates say yes i know excel right and, and then Probe further to find out, okay, walk me through how you have prepared a spreadsheet for a meeting or how you have prepared a spreadsheet for a presentation. Right. And that causes the candidates to really have to um, go into their prior experiences, pull from that, and then demonstrate verbally that they know how to do that. And so that that is what I've discovered is really the secret in... Um, you know, having that radar for talent mm-hmm. um, as an HR manager and a member of our Society for Human Resource Organization um, locally, it's just really been important to coach leaders and coach um, managers and coach people who are hiring for small businesses. Ask those probing questions to do a deeper dive and get to get the knowledge, to get the understanding that the person really knows what we need them to know to
1: do the job right right so with the signs that I have here the another another one that I have is be honest Uh, hi Archie. hi Sheldon great to see you guys on Facebook live so if you don't know something the other one I have is admit that you don't know some of that actually wastes people's time in in the interview if you don't know something but you can still bring it around to a positive right you can say well I don't know but it's something that that I'm Uh, I can learn, I'm a great learner, a quick learner, or I can research that. But don't try to just give an answer if it's really something that you don't know, because if it is a good interviewee, uh, they interviewer, sorry, they will be able to see through the smoke screen of, of what it is that you're trying to to say or convey during the interview. And, uh, and it's, I've had that same thing, especially related to PowerPoint and Excel. And then when I get into the portion where they made it through the interview and now I'm doing the testing, uh, they really don't know how to use uh, those at all. Uh, so that is something that we just do want to make sure that that we don't do during an interview. All right, so let's get into some things that sometimes people don't want to talk about. Another one of my signs is related to do nots, and this one is related to perfumes and, and body odor. So before I get into my examples, uh, Linda, do you have any examples where that was an issue for you during an interview? Um,
3: no, not necessarily in an interview, but in, in the workplace, of course, in a mm-hmm. work environment, mm-hmm. but not, but not so much in an interview.
1: Okay, and so let's just go ahead to the work environment. What comments do you have there?
3: Well, there, you know, um, there was a, a situation where there was an employee who um, wore a lot of perfume, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, it was it was very bothersome to to the. Individuals that was working around this person, and so you know, of course, the manager wasn't sure how to handle it, and mm-hmm. you know, they they'll come to HR. Um And what, one of the, in this particular case, the issue was around the fact that there there was an another employee in that work environment who had some medical issues, and so the 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 smell of the person was was really an issue from a medical perspective. So we right. we even allowed our kind of our health services, our nurse, to kind of step in to address it, Mm -hmm. um, just to share with that individual or let that, and and we didn't necessarily direct it to the, the the individual, but more so to the department as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, just so not to kind of like, um, call anyone out in particular, um, and stated why, um, you know, the, the, the perfume was an issue relative to the other coworker in the office. Um, so yeah, I mean sometimes, but you gotta kind of tread lightly with those kinds right, of things right. because <laughs> um, you know people, you know either you know they, you know they like to put perfume and cologne on and that kind of thing, and it's kind of their own personal grooming and, and well being and that right. kind of thing. So it's very very interesting how you have to address it. So we we did it from a medical perspective, okay, you know, relative to the other person that was in the office.
1: Okay, uh, Anissa.
2: Yeah, that, you know what, that is a sensitive area, and you do want to, uh, when it comes to um, wearing strong colognes and perfumes in interviews or in the workplace. Right. And I'll, I'll touch on the interview part first. So, um, you know, for those listeners that are preparing yourself for an interview, you know, one of the things, one of the advice that I would give is um, you know, of course, you want to make sure that your dress and attire is very professional. Correct. I would, you know, rec- professionally recommend people limit the use of any kind of strong colognes or lotions or, or anything of that nature as they go into the interview um, for the simple reason that it could be, there could be some sensitivities around that. And that could create some unconscious bias to the, for the interviewer who's sitting there interviewing you, if, the, if that's a distraction.
1: Right, the clothing right.
2: Clothing or, or, or um, strong fragrances. And right. then in the workplace, you know, when we just had recently, um, I recently um, coached um, some, at another company some people on something similar to this. And, um, we, and so at certain companies, there will be policies if you have an employee handbook. Mm-hmm. Many times that'll be addressed in mm-hmm. there, um, in terms of making sure that your attire uh, at workplace at the workplace doesn't include strong colognes,
1: right? Housing, right, that sort of thing. So I just want to jump in there and and just mention a couple of things so we can move on to another uh, to a few other issues. So during the interview, specifically, Haley, good to see you on Facebook Live. You don't want to have where the you have a distraction. So what Anissa said is that sometimes that can be viewed as a distraction, especially in the workplace. But during the interview, if if the perfume is too much or if you're a smoker and you're trying to cover it up with mm-hmm. perfume, uh, that is something that, that I've experienced. It's a distraction. So you can't even really even listen to what they're saying and make it from one point to the next point because you're so concentrated on that smell, that body odor. So it's not necessarily that the person didn't put on deodorant that day. Uh, there are even people there from other cultures that they don't wear deodorant and, and that is fine. That's fine for me personally as a person during an interview because I know that some of those things are cultural. But when it's, you're trying to cover up smoke uh, or if you just have on too much, uh, then that's an issue. And I do have a medical condition <laughs> related to that because I can actually throw up if, if it's too bad, you know, if it's too much perfume. So and there's another person that I know that they have uh, an adversity to that even with ones that I wear. So in the business environment for one of the people that, that I coach, uh, when I know that I am doing training with her or if we're going over some things in a business meeting one on one with her, then I don't even put on even the, the slight... Uh, Fragrances that I normally would wear I don't wear during those meetings just to accommodate her But uh, there have been times even in work environment where I had to ask someone if they would not uh, Put on that perfume because they were a smoker and every single time they took a smoke break every time they put on more and more and more and the uh, the whole office smelled like that the mixture of the perfume and uh, the smoke. So that's one thing that we just want to make sure that we're cautious of. Okay, so let's go to one more point before we go to break. Let's talk about social media. And social media, during an interview, it may be that the person that's doing the interviewing has looked at social media related to that person that that is the, the interviewee. Is that something that the two of you have brought up during an interview or asked questions related to social media. Things that you've seen on social media related to that person.
2: Yeah, Crystal, just to this, I'll comment on this with social as it relates to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would tell future, uh, I would tell employers or if you're a business owner and you're doing hiring, be cautious around the you know the use of social media to. Um, to evaluate a candidate, there are we seeing cases, okay, very uh, some, some critical case laws that have been passed, and some, some cases that have went to court where people have been denied positions because of something on social media. Okay. Um, one tip I would just say is make sure if if that is something that is related to the job and mm-hmm. you need to know something from social media, then then go there to use that information. Aside from that. Keep the um, you know keep the interview focused, or keep the selection process focused on the outcomes of the interview and the resume that the candidate is providing. That mm-hmm. would be my step.
1: Okay. Uh, that
3: yeah. if I can just add. Um- I mean, we, we've all heard the stories in in the media around mm-hmm. um, individuals, in, employees who are actually active employees or even candidates, uh, where their social media um, has has caused some trouble for them. Um, and you know, right or wrong, right? Um, there's you know, it can be very um, controversial whether or not it's right or wrong. But I would just say, from a candidate perspective, it's just you know, just. Clean, clean those things up, right? I think that's the advice that most piece, people would give. You know, you don't right. want to have things on there that would be, would, you know, kind of raise an eyebrow, um, particularly when you know that you're actively seeking employment.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you just have to be very careful um, because employers um, um, are, are looking. You know, you have, you have recruiters who, who, who check out those social media platforms, um, and so you don't want to be, I have that, allow it that
1: to be something that would hinder you. Right, right. So it, it was great that you guys took two two different sides on that, um, which, which both come together. Uh, Anissa was saying employers just stick to the interview and not really focus on social media. And you're saying, you know, to clean up your social media. We do have, uh, as the listeners and people on Facebook Live um, that have been watching or listening for a while, you know that we have a business camp Echelon Leadership Institute for junior high, high school, and college students. And so we let them know, even at that age, do not put things on there that could cause you not to be able to get a job or cause you not to be recruited for a Uh, sports scholarship or any kind of academic scholarship uh, because rightly or wrongly people that do look at that may have an opinion based on what you have on there so you don't want to have where you're in compromising positions with people or you're making really radical statements uh, about certain things on there and it's not saying that you, you know, you can't be an individual and be yourself, but you always have to think about the fact that someone could pull that information up later. And people who are in politics, people who are in the the spotlight, uh, know that for a fact, because there's always as you see on the news, and some of you mentioned that already, that, you know, they'll bring up things from your past. So best thing is just to live a a nice clean lifestyle and don't have those kinds of things on social media well it's time for us to take our first break and when we get back we're going to talk a little bit about research what kind of research you should do going into an interview research of the company that you're you're about to apply for so when we get back we'll talk about that
2: motivate change succeed voice america want to
0: shift someone's destiny calling all cpas aka community and corporate partners in action become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our give hope drives for the homeless and needy families Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon, mentor a youth, or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal, at your team at buildthatbiz.com. Or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com. Tired of working for someone else? Think you have a great business idea? Then this is for you, entrepreneurs and inventors of all ages. Let's get that biz started at our Mastermind Mixer with Crystal on Saturday, January 26th, from 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Uplift Center in Mesa, Arizona. Regularly $120. Mention the radio show Soaring with Eagles and pay only $80. Can't make it? No sweat. Go to our site for information. Monetize your unique ideas now. Take the jump and soar. Visit buildthatbiz.com and register today. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show.
1: Good morning, everyone. We are back from break with Soaring with Eagles. And I really appreciate our callers that we have today that have been working in the human resource area for many, many years and have helped a a lot of people, interviewed a lot of people. So there's a lot of great background that they can have to give you some uh, behind the scenes look here. And uh, I also, I guess, have been interviewing people uh, since my first position. I mentioned that I went in for an engineering position, but two weeks later, Two weeks after the interview, they called and asked me if I wanted the manager's position because the the quality manager quit. So they needed someone in that immediately. And because I had some leadership and supervisory experience in one of my internships, uh, I was, I guess, in their mind, qualified for that. And and I did very well and went on to be, you know, director, VP of of various organizations um, after that. So. One of the things we were talking about on break was when you think you've done well in an interview and and you didn't or you think you, you, you bombed it, but you actually did well. So it goes back to one of the signs that I was holding up earlier related to to being honest. And the other one I want to to hold up is related to be decisive, be decisive. So. If there's something that you do know, you need to be succinct, very just precise uh, in your answer. Don't go on to long stories related to uh, whatever the topic is answer the question, be decisive. If it's something that you know, make sure that you've practiced various examples that you're going to discuss during the interview. Because if you have those practiced, if you've practiced your inflections and the various main points that you're going to give, then you can nail that part of the interview. So, before break, we said that we were going to talk about research. So, research is something that I feel is very important. And again, before I give my comments, I want to hear from uh, Anissa first related to how important is research uh, in having the person tell you something about the company or if you say, well, what do you know about XYZ Company? How important is that to you?
2: So, let me just say, Crystal, um, I have a, actually, i in, recent, in preparing for this interview, I pulled together, like, the top, my top tips that I would give somebody that I was coaching and preparing mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. an interview. The number one tip was research the mm-hmm. opportunity right. before you visit. <laughs> right, right. And, and so here's what I would tell people. Okay. Definitely go online, look at the company that you, you know, nowadays you can go right online and you can get all the information. Mm-hmm. You can research companies, even companies that are privately held. Um, if it is a publicly held company, you can also go and you can see what their financials are. Um, and that that's a really important piece. Um, the other area you can research nowadays is you can go on to, there's a website called glassdoor.com. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can go there, and there is um, good, uh, solid tactical information about many companies, hundreds and thousands of companies. And there's also some candid feedback from people that are either interviewed there or worked there. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, as you gather this feedback, of course, you're going to evaluate and see what really matters and what really will help you prepare as you go into the interview. But those are some key resources. Going online, looking at the company's website, going to glassdoor.com, mm-hmm. um, all, and, all, and also seeing the feedback from people that work there or people that have interviewed. Right. So that's, that's what I would absolutely... Uh, yeah, and that, then lastly, know the financials if
1: you can. Right. that That is a great resource, and I just want to kind of... Ditto one thing that you said and, and look at it from a different perspective. When you're going on the website of a company, make sure that you look through all of the tabs. Make sure that you look at whatever news feeds that may be there, if there's some current events that are going on. And depending on what happens during the interview, be ready to pull some of those out of your pocket so that they know that, that, that you have actually looked at that. And even mention that, well, when I was looking at your, your annual report, because the financial reports are, are on the website's, you can say that that i see that the the division that I'm I'm looking to work in is the top division. There's three main divisions of this company, and I see that you um, that this is the the top division. Or maybe you can give some other comments related to some of the products and how that relates to maybe products that you've worked on, or even skill sets a skill that you've you've done. So make sure you look at those things in detail because that that gives the person that's doing the interview. Uh, information about you as well. They see that you're a go-getter. They see that that you actually care about what it is that you're doing. And one of the things that has happened is that a person has, even on a cover letter, left something on there that was from uh, someone else that they sent it to, or maybe even brought up information or tips during the interview, which we're not even from that that particular company. So make sure you're prepared and only have the information in your mind and in front of you related to the company that you're going to to interview with. Okay, I want to get on to another point and Linda will talk to you about that one. The sign that I'm holding up right here is blame the word blame. So when you're talking to an interview candidate and then you ask them well why did you leave your previous job or if you're asking them what some of your strengths or weaknesses are or whatever the question may be and then they get into a story where they're, they're bad-mouthing the previous company or mm. blaming someone else for what happened at that company. Whether they were let go or whether they left, um, sometimes we do have where there's blaming that, that happens. So what can you say related to that? Has has that happened during an interview with you?
3: Uh, yes, it has. And you know what, I would say that that's an absolute no-no. And that to me comes along with um, what you we were talking about previously as it relates to doing your homework, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, as you're doing your homework, you, you're doing a number of things, finding out about the company as we talked about, but you're also thinking about some of the questions that may be asked of you, and um, it's pretty easy enough for you to kind of script out and really think through how you're going to respond to a particular company. Um, And blaming your previous organization is not the appropriate response.
1: Right, right. <laughs> um,
3: because, you know, that person that's um, conducting that interview will easily think, you know, you know the same thing would occur, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you were to get hired with that organization and happen to leave and, that, and another job interview with another organization, you can, you know, they may have the perception that you can maybe kind of um, have bad things to say about their organization or their branding, and that's mm-hmm. not what you want to do. So I would say for individual candidates to really think through in a very positive way um, to come up with a response as to why you left your organization. And then there's a number of ways to do that. Right,
1: right. And there's a number of ways to do that, as well as just... Really, the key to into any interview is is preparation. So you need to be clear on what your story is, uh, and it should be the right story, the true story, on why you left somewhere or why you were let go. Because sometimes you were simply let go because they were going through um, a downsizing. It wasn't because you did anything wrong. Uh, but don't try to read other things into it that that it was not. And even if it was something that was something negative, own up to it, fess up to it, and and say what you learned from it and how you're going to try to do better. Um, hi, Tony. Good to see you on Facebook Live as well. So I want to get into something that um, may be a little bit controversial. Okay, so here on Soaring with Eagles, we talk about being controversial, being transformational, being the answer to someone else's issue. So one thing that I found uh, being a black female. Is that uh, sometimes you are judged because of something that happened with someone else that was there so if there was another person of of, of color that was in that job previously or even worked there under a different Uh, job title it may not even be the job that you're looking for and they just the company had a really bad experience with that person because they flew off the handle for this or that or they had various things that were just drama going on in their lives and then they may stereotype you into thinking that that's how all people are and that has happened and you don't want to be the person that causes that for someone else and you don't want to be that person. So there was a a site that, that I looked at, uh, I think it's called Zety. It was, there was a study that they did. There were a few things that I saw that were that were studies that were done. And one was it was in relation to why people got hired and why they did not get hired. And one had to do with racial bias. And it wasn't because the interviewer was biased, the the company hiring, but they felt based on what they needed to have that person do, a forefront position like a sales position, that their clients may have issues with it being a person of color. So they were not able to, they didn't hire that person because of, not because of them, they said, but it was because of the potential view of their customers. And so There's a lot of reasons why people don't get jobs, uh, and it doesn't always have to do with something that you've done. And then the other thing is a lot of times positions are posted because they have to post the position. They already have someone in mind for the position, but they have to post the position so they post it, you interview for it, and you don't get it. You go to another position. They post it, you interview for it, and you don't get it. It's like, well, what's wrong? What did I do? I thought the interview went great. Well, sometimes it's because they already had a person in mind for the position. And can either of you speak on that?
2: Yeah, uh, so uh-huh. I'll speak on the, um, what we has what, what been known in the HR world, it's like the predetermined candidate.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. And so and oftentimes that'll happen in, with internal roles. Um, mm-hmm. And also I've seen it with external roles as well, where, you know, there's, you know, there's, they're, either, they're real or, or otherwise there's a perception that there's a predetermined candidate in place. And mm-hmm. here's what I would tell applicants, you know, from an external standpoint, oftentimes you won't know that uh, when you go in for the interview. Um, or if you do... Become aware of that. Still, it's very important to put your best foot forward. Continue to showcase your skills and be able to articulate and uh, answer the questions and and uh, make your uh, make your knowledge of uh, uh, your, your, the interviewer aware of your knowledge. Because one of two things are going to happen: uh, if you're not selected for the position, one is a learning opportunity for you that will prepare you for your next interview. Right. Um, and two, it also may be an opportunity for you to be considered for another opportunity that may open up at mm-hmm. that company. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to go in and just kind of throw the interview, if you will. You do want to still go in and and impress upon them that you are a solution provider. You are someone that has the capability to get the job done um, because you don't know things could open up where there are other opportunities, like first if you just had an experience where you went in, interview for one job, right? didn't get that one, they called you back and wanted you to do uh, a higher level role. So many times that happens, so two things, learning experience and a show, and showcasing and um, marketing yourself for any future opportunities, that's how you have to look at those. Interviews.
1: Right, right, yeah, and... In that particular case, in that interview and in that job, after I got there, then I needed to interview people for, uh, for the job that I was initially going for. But it, that engineering job was then given to a different portion of the company, the engineering portion of the company. So I was one of the people on the interview staff for uh, the next engineer that, that came in because everybody who worked on projects would need to work with me or for me uh, on a project perspective, not directly reporting to me. So that was just a, a, an interesting turn of events that, that happened in that p- particular position. And and it does happen sometimes. So I want to talk about another one before we go on break where I tried to put my best foot forward and it didn't work out, but then it worked out in the end. I interviewed for a position uh, for a director Position I was at at one company and I was told that there was an opening at a different portion of the company. And so when I looked at the the job description, everything that was on there seemed like they just took my resume and took my name off and just wrote everything that I already knew how to do and made the job description. It was it was just that perfect of a fit. And so when I went over to the other portion of the company, a whole different division and did the interview, uh, I have allergies and I have other things from a medical per- perspective. I did not have a good night the night before the interview. So when I was in the interview, I was trying to listen and I was listening. I gave great answers. But throughout, maybe three, four five times, I was yawning during the interview. And I said, pardon me, excuse me or whatever. But the fact was I was yawning. And so the CEO of the company talked to the HR person and and they called me back and said, Well, they thought that you were a great candidate, but didn't seem like you were interested in the position or interested in what the CEO was saying because you were yawning. I apologized profusely to the HR person and, and said what happened the night before, completely honest with them, then I think I only had like two hours sleep. Some things were going on the night before medically. And I asked them, you know, if they just gave me another chance at the interview and to, to meet him, that I would explain to him, apologize to him face to face. I know you're going to go and tell him what I'm saying, but I want to apologize to him face to face. Very interested in the position. I feel that I can do it. I can be, you know, be that impact. I can bring this, this, this and this to the table. And so a few days later, they called me back. They scheduled another interview. I apologized and had a smile on my face and and just really just, you know, did a a really great job, I guess, of, of apologizing. We ended up laughing in the interview, the second interview, and I gave him some more information. And the next day I was hired for the position. So that doesn't always happen Um, (laughs) it doesn't always happen that you get a second chance like that. But again, that was one of the ones that that I was basically one of the only ones that was interviewed for that particular position. And it was also God's favor that that allowed me to get that because that opened up some other doors related to my, my career. So I would say if something like that happens, Make sure that you apologize. It's okay to say that you're wrong, or even if there's something that you don't know in an interview, it's okay to say that you don't know and say that you will research it. Even one of the other things we wanna talk about when we get back is the follow-up. How do you follow up after an interview? What should you say or do or or not say and do with your follow-up? So we're going to go ahead and go on break, and we will talk about that when we get back.
2: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, a.k.a. community and corporate partners in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the Homeless and Needy Families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon, mentor a youth, or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal, at your team at buildthatbiz.com. Or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com. Tired of working for someone else? Think you have a great business idea? Then this is for you, entrepreneurs and inventors of all ages. Let's get that biz started at our Mastermind Mixer with Crystal on Saturday, January 26th, from 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Uplift Center in Mesa, Arizona. Regularly $120. Mention the radio show Soaring with Eagles and pay only $80. Can't make it? No sweat. Go to our site for information. Monetize your unique ideas now. Take the jump and soar. Visit buildthatbiz.com and register today. The White House doctor makes house calls. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show.
1: Good morning, everyone. We're here on Soaring with Eagles, and we're talking about tips related to getting a job or, or the interview process just some tips and things that you should know related to HR stats and so HR is human resources so one of the things that we said that we would talk about is is follow-up and after the interview what is it that you do? So do you do you send a letter? Do you send something right away that same day? Do you wait a few days and send uh, your comments? If there was something that you didn't understand during the interview or a question that they asked you, you could go ahead and follow up and, and give them that information uh, in an email. So that also shows that, that you took initiative related to that. There's various ways that you can do follow up. And uh, some of that is 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 also important looking at it the other way the lack of follow-up so you're not even showing that you're interested in the position and you just want to make sure that you keep those things in mind that the follow-up uh, is important uh, sometimes it's the person who is persistent the person who who does that next step that extra step is the person that gets the job now i'm not saying you know send them something like every day every week and That's not what I'm saying at all, just some initial follow up. And if you don't hear from them in a week or two, it's okay to follow up again because sometimes if you don't get that clarity during the interview, meaning what the next steps are and the timing of the next steps, it's okay to go ahead and follow up and and ask those questions. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is differentiating yourself. One of the the stats here that the person who was selected uh, was because they differentiated themselves during the interview. So if you're being interviewed, chances are you have at least some of the things that were on the list of requirements for the position. but what else can you do or or show or tell that would put you in a different category meaning that you've differentiated yourself well, Some of what I've had is like people have brought examples of various things that they've done uh, to show me or they're able to explain it very well. Uh, If they already have something where it's a business that they have a website that they could give that that actually shows some information, those are things that that help as well. But how can you differentiate yourself during an interview? Linda, is that something that you can report?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think one way of doing that is... um, you know, it's one thing for you to kind of like highlight your skills, mm-hmm. but really like focusing on those things for which you have accomplished, right? Because your accomplishments are going to be unique to you and not necessarily um, the same as an individual that's kind of maybe coming up behind you or came in before you to interview, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you know, try as best you can to um, um, put out there what some of the things that were, that you uniquely accomplished or maybe what um, to your previous organization or in a previous role um, that was um, either something that, you know, you can quantify as it saved the organization money, how it solved a particular problem, right. how you went about doing that. And so there, there are various things that you can do um, that are you, unique to you relative to, some, to your work experience that you may want to hone in on. Um, during the interview that could probably make you stand out a little or stand out from the others.
1: Right, right. And so one of the things that we talked about when I gave the yawning example and I did get a second chance and I got that position, mm-hmm. uh, one of the notes you know, also said about you're not showing enough enthusiasm or excitement about the position or what it is that they're saying that you need to do in the position. Now it may not be out of the 10, 12 things that are on the list of your responsibilities that you're going to have. It may not be that you're going to be excited about every single thing but you're trying to get the job okay so you need to to have where you're you're showing some enthusiasm you know related to that but they may ask you honestly well what do you think about this portion of 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 the potential job or this portion give your give your honest feedback and also give feedback on maybe how you might be able to improve that or make it better or even make it more interesting depending on what what it may be so the, the one I want to give for Anissa is salary. So how do you discuss salary during an interview? If, if the interviewer does not bring it up, does the interviewee bring it up, the person that's being interviewed? Do they say, well, this position, uh, a lot of times, sometimes it'll have the position, it'll have the uh, potential amount or range on the posting, and sometimes it does not. So talk to us about salary discussions.
2: So I, this is a good question, Crystal, because I've been in HR for a little over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And one, you know, the rules of engagement, how you research for a company, how you engage with people, that has changed all, year over year. But one right. thing that really stays <laughs> static is that, and that's one of the tips that I had jotted down in the prep for this interview. Oh, good, is, good. It's, it's number seven on my list. Never discuss money. In the first interview mm-hmm. and it never it has never failed that it, when you discuss money at the first interview um, especially before the interviewer has an opportunity to see what mm-hmm. you're bringing to the table from knowledge skill sets and abilities right it has just it just sours
1: the rest of the interview experience. It does. It does. And, and it has for me as well. <laughs> yeah, when it, I'm, in, it, when I'm cool. interviewing someone and they, and they are trying to have a five-minute discussion about money.
2: Yeah. It's, it's just because keep in mind, uh, you know, for people that are going for jobs, the reason why the job is there is because there's a problem. We're looking for solution providers, people to come mm-hmm. in and bring a solution or solve our, solve our problem and keep our companies going, or keep generating revenue for the business. So Mm -hmm. to the point that you're coming in as as this potential solution provider, we wanna know how you're gonna help us solve problems. And so when you talk about asking questions, the first, you know, one of the questions that you can always bring to the table in an interview is you can ask the interview, what's keeping you up at night? You know, what's giving you heartburn from Mm -hmm. a business standpoint? Mm -hmm. And then from there, once you listen to their answer, so they'll happily tell you, you right, know, what's right. going on, where they need help. From that answer, try and tie in your past experiences or things you've done to help solve those problems in your prior experiences. And that's how you begin to equate value. People, the interviewer now starts to say, oh, Crystal's bringing value. Linda's bringing value. We'll bring value to our organization. You right. we'll pay whatever we have to pay to get Linda to, to come on board, or we'll right. pay whatever we have to pay to get Crystal to come on board. But that's going to be key. Um, number one, you know, never discuss money at the first interview. And during the interview, constantly show, and constantly listen to the interviewer and see how you can bring your experiences to solve their problems mm-hmm. and generate that value for that right.
1: company. So I'm going to have to pause right now for uh, us to uh, end the Facebook Live. There's something going on with it, but I really appreciate you all being on Facebook Live. We wanted to talk more about um, ethics, things that come up related to ethics, and even hiring employees that are deaf and blind, there is a benefit to that. They're very good employees and there's some other things related to that that we'll, we'll just have to post. But thank you for calling, not calling, but watching Facebook Live. All right, I'm ending that particular video. And so let, let's talk about that. Have you been involved with organizations that do hire people with uh, differences? I don't wanna say disabilities, but w- with differences.
3: Uh yeah, I, I have been involved with that. Um in fact we had um an employee um who tra- who transferred from, from one location to another, right? And mm-hmm. um he had a disability and, and that he, he was in a wheelchair and so um just tra- transferring this individual to a, a new site we, we had there was a lot of accommodations to be made. Um and I, I think employers are very mindful of that um as they are hiring um for positions, and they may get a candidate um, that that may um, may have a disability, and really seeking to understand their their skill and ability,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and what they contribute, what they can contribute to the organization, and and not focusing on the disability. Um, I think I guess I would hope that <laughs> most organizations are very mindful of that um, and are do, are doing the right things as it relates to that and, and not discriminate discriminating against individuals um, and really focusing and honing on what they can contribute to the
1: organization all right, anissa, do you have any comments on that
2: absolutely yeah i've worked I did work at a company where we did manufacturing of small parts and we partnered with a local organization that um, supplied candidates that had disabilities and were able to give them opportunities in our in our production area and let me tell you you know it was a great experience these people were so appreciative for these opportunities as you know because they allowed them to began to live independent lives. And so to the point, and it was also great for the community in which that company was in because they were seen as uh, a a company that was supportive of this. And so for those of you that have companies or even if you have small businesses in your area, you can definitely approach your state, uh, local, or regional workforce planning organizations and they can help you link to those groups that can help you identify those people that um, fall in that category, that disabled disability category, um, and help you get that talent. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah, I think it is too. And I, I know a lot of great people. We we used to go to a a, a deaf church. And uh, the pastor is deaf, and there's uh, people that were hearing and deaf in the congregation. And uh, a lot, a lot of great folks there with, with a lot of great skills, and uh, some of them have partial hearing. But you, you can still work, and you can still uh, make a great impact on your company. So I just want to give a shout out to Silent Hope and Pastor Jeremy and Dr. And, and, um, First Lady Kim and all of those that I know over there, uh, really great folks. And we really want to do whatever we can do to to support people supporting um, those those types of great people that that we have uh, in um, in our communities. So let's talk before we get off the air here, just real quick related to ethics And I just want to just give a comment and just thank you ladies for being on the show. Uh, We need to close. But ethics is very, very important. So let us all just remember that if something happens uh, at a company, and again, if if it's an example that you need to give, just say how you handled it, even if you didn't handle it properly, say what you learned from it and 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 move on because sometimes you know we all come against things that maybe we shouldn't have done but but don't lie about it own it and and then just move on i thank you all for being a part of our show today and all of our listeners and we will be back on next week on soaring with eagles thank you
0: Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities and change the world.